Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. And once again, I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague. And today in the studio, we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, Alex Owens. Alex, how are you today? Thanks for being here in the studio with us. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. There's a lot I want to talk about, but this is a cool podcast because I know you personally, and I don't actually know a lot of the people that we interview, but you, I do. I know some of your story already. I know, you know, we've kind of lived around together for about a year or so, so I look forward to this and what you're going to share. I've never heard your entire testimony before, if you knew that or not, but I never heard your full story, so I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to share it. I mean, there's a lot that God's done in my life, and, you know, like, it's it's just cool to see, like, the journey and, like, look back on this. So I, I enjoy, you know, reflecting on what God has been doing in my life and um, what He's going to continue to do. Yeah. And so, Alex, how old are you? I'm 21 years old. I'll be 22 in October. All right. And what, is, what has life been like for you the last few years? Um, so just the past couple years or past two or three years, I— uh, went through a program. It's a Christian discipleship program called Adult and Teen Challenge of the Midlands. And um, I struggled with addiction for a long time. So God used that program to kind of get a hold of me. Currently, I'm going to a college called Faith Baptist Bible College. It's in uh, Ankeny, Iowa. And I'm studying to be a pastor. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's awesome. And Adult and Teen Challenge, if you guys don't know that, but Chris actually went through this facility I went through this facility, and Alex also went through this. It changed all three of our lives and many, many other men that we're friends with that we know. And so God really moves that Adult and Teen Challenge, and we went to the one in Iowa. It's such a great program. And so, Alex, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can just go ahead and just share your story with us, your testimony. Yeah, so um, I was raised and born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa. And like I said, I'm, I'm currently a student at Faith Baptist Bible College, and uh, that's by God's grace. And I guess you could just say this is like my rescue story. And um, I just want to get into my life before Christ. Um, I grew up in a Christian home and I, I, growing up, I just had this amazing childhood and like tons of great memories I played. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. At a time when there are already many modern English Bible translations, potential readers wonder, why another translation? In response, it needs to be stated that while no Bible translation is perfect, the modern evangelical version is unique in certain respects. Specifically, it is intended to provide a bold witness to the good news about Jesus Christ in modern colloquial English, hence the title, Modern Evangelical Version. 
Find this Bible today at modernbible-translation.com. Have you been struggling to keep up with life? Have you been discouraged about if you're ever going to experience or achieve the dreams and goals like everyone else around you? And despite your strides, despite your prayers, despite living your life as an example, you wonder about how, who, and when your breakthrough will happen. If you've wondered about that, so has author Sharita Green. In fact, she has a newly released book, The Good Fight, and she shares her testimony on how God has become her source of everything. You can find this book on Amazon or by searching info at goodfaithfight.org. Tons of great memories. I played literally every sport you could possibly imagine, you know, basketball, football, baseball, track, and um, my family never missed a game. I, you know, I was considered like a good kid or I grew up pretty churched and it was pretty, it was a religious activity. I, I never experienced God and um, it's just something like me and my family went to on Sundays and I had youth group on Wednesdays, but, you know, even though I attended church on a regular basis, I never never truly asked God into my heart. And I'd say in my eyes, like, and it's kind of prideful thinking this way, in my eyes, I was living, you know, a life that I thought God would have wanted me to. I respected my parents, followed the rules, stayed out of trouble. And that was all up until my freshman year of high school. Um, You know, it came along and I was super excited, super nervous at the same time. I had a great group of friends, um, but we kind of dispersed, I'd say, once we got to high school, just because, you know, we were all figuring out where we wanted to go. And, you know, with However, with this excitement, like of going to high school, it brought lots of insecurities up, and I didn't even know I had a lot of these insecurities. I had so much, like I had way higher expectations from coaches, teachers, parents, and I. In between all of that, I just didn't know where I belonged. I, I was finding my identity in other things and, and people. I was a people pleaser, um, and I found myself, you know, feeling anxious, depressed, and those feelings eventually led to anger for me, and which you know, eventually led to making very, very poor choices. And what sucks is it was at the expense of the ones that I loved most. Um, so, you know, just seeing how like it can affect my family, uh, it hurts, you know, looking back on that. Um, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, you know, but in that moment I felt accepted. Um, I started hanging out with these people. Um, but part of hanging out with these people meant trying drugs and just lying to my parents and just being deceitful. And, like the cycle just didn't end here. It was just, it just kept getting worse. Um, I'd say lying led to many confrontations with my mom. Um, and I never took those well. And like, if I, I was a very angry and I, and I was quick to get angry. Um, if I didn't like what she had to say, like I would bully her physically and emotionally. And growing up, it was just me and my mom. I didn't know my biological father. So we had a very close relationship and it was just looking back. It was, it's very unsettling. It was a very strange relationship after I started, uh, you know, showing some of these behaviors. Mm-hmm. One Sunday, I had a pastor, his name is Josh Daggett. He was preaching about the end times. And he asked uh, this, this question. He said, if you died at this very moment, do you know where you would end up? And that troubled me deeply. Like, I, I knew at that point by what, you, if you want to say, like the guidelines, I wasn't going to heaven. And that was my main concern, I guess. Uh, A little funny story. When I was five, I was terrified of dying, like of death. And 
my mom would make up this number and she can still repeat it like to this day it was some company growing up and she said that it was god's number and that she would talk to him and tell him and then she would communicate to me that she talked to him and he said that i'm going to heaven it'd be all right and that just wasn't true so that scared me when Mm -hmm. pastor josh was telling me the truth and you know i was a sophomore in high school at that time and on may 2nd of 2015 um, I prayed to God in that in that church, and I said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life, and I want you to help change my heart. And I meant it. I truly believe um, I was saved, but like I, it brought me so much joy. And but I expected everything to just kind of get easier and less complicated, and it actually brought great trials and tribulations. And I didn't expect that. Um, it's funny how that works, right? It is. It, I mean. You know, I, I noticed many people at my school and that if you went around to your neighborhood, I guarantee you, you know, the majority of people would consider themselves Christians, you know, or that they believe in God or believe they're going to heaven. And I consider that myself, I, including myself. I, I thought I was a Christian. And the sad thing is, like, many people don't really understand what it means to follow Christ. And that's what I mean by experiencing God. I never experienced that. And looking back, I feel... I want to share a verse with you and I feel like it represents like a very good, like about this time period in my life. And it's Matthew seven verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. You depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. I read that verse all, it scares me. It's like the majority of people in this world probably aren't going to heaven. The majority of Christians probably aren't because they don't understand the gospel. And at that time, because like the decision to follow Jesus wasn't necessarily like the popular choice, my friends, like I noticed them starting to distance themselves. And before I had accepted Christ, I didn't, I never truly counted the cost. And I knew that it would bring joy to my heart. I knew that, but due to thinking that everything would be the same, if not better, I, like I slipped back into my old habits uh, and completely abandoned my calling to pursue Jesus. So I'd say, you know, with time, I, I recognized that I was literally back to square one. I was worse than before and I needed to get out. I, so I came to this conclusion. I talked with my mom and I said, I need to get out of, out of here. I need to get new friends into a, into a new school. So we made this decision that I'd go attend this private Christian school. And it was great. Like, you know, I thought switching schools and switching locations and, and just getting this fresh start was going to solve all my problems. Mm-hmm. And for momentarily, it did. Like, I was doing really good. Like, I remember my like first day, I was so excited. And it was smooth sailing in the beginning. Like, I went from my GPA jumped from a 1.5 to a 3.5. You know, like I was focused and I I was good, drastic. It was awesome. And I was making friends and like I was on a successful basketball team. My teachers even liked me, you know, I was considered a bad kid at my old school. So I had a fresh start and, you know, this is my chance to kind of form a reputation for myself. And I was no longer looked at as the person like you didn't want your kid to be around, you know, and I, I was just given this opportunity by God to have a new beginning. You know, I think today, like, social media plays a very big role, and and it just influences kids to 
you know, do ungodly things and, and just to not live a holy life. And um, honestly, it allowed me to stay in contact with people that I probably shouldn't be around. And I knew I shouldn't be around. Um, and I, I can't sit here and just give you like a step-by-step, like of how I fell back into that lifestyle. But I know that addiction can just be very deceiving and it looks good from the outside. Like if I'm honest, like deep down at that moment, I loved that lifestyle and I loved my sin. And I don't think people want to admit that. Um, but I fast, you know, if you fast forward a couple of years, I graduated from high school barely. Um, and I really had no direction and the thought of college scared me. So I decided I'm just going to work. So I ended up going from job to job and I kind of just relied on my, you know, I sold drugs at the time and I was relying on that, that income to provide me with everything that I needed. And I realized that that wasn't satisfying me. And I, so I went to the extreme. I started robbing other drug dealers and eventually at the age of 18, you know, I got my first arrest and it was a class B felony. Um, I robbed a drug dealer and it went bad. And it scared me, you know, don't get me wrong. I was scared, but it didn't really like scare me enough because like less than a year later, I was uh, convicted of another, of selling drugs and I was right back to where I was. And I just noticed a cycle. Like I had very good opportunities presented to me by God. And I just, I didn't take advantage of those opportunities. I I had like self-destructive behaviors and um, I would just, I would ruin everything good in my life, every relationship um, and every circumstance. So if we fast forward a little bit more, it was, it was December and Christmas was right around the corner. That was my favorite time of year. I was sitting in jail though. And I was begging my mom on the phone. I said, mom, please bail me out. I need, like, I, I need out. I can't do this. And she refused this time. Just, she said, I can't, I can't do this unless you get help. And at that time, I was very prideful. I was like, nah, I'm, I was determined to fight this battle on my own. And I was going to get out and I was going to do exactly what I wanted to do. And on Christmas Eve, I had a slight change of heart. And I told my mom I wanted help. And that's when I entered adult and teen challenge of the Midlands. So that was on January 12th of 2018. Um, and it's a 13th, 13th month program. And that's a long time. I wasn't necessarily ready for that but I didn't want to go to prison and I was looking at about 14 years in prison if I didn't go this route Wow. so my intentions like I, I wouldn't even say my intentions were sincere like going there you know like it was just I do want to ask you a question real quick yeah go ahead for people who don't know what teen challenge is how did how was that even an option for you to not go to prison and then for you to go to teen challenge for only 13 months so honestly I had spoke with the judge um like via like a FaceTime thing while I was while I was locked up and like he was basically telling me like like you're probably going to prison like you had you know a second chance and you blew it so I wasn't like I can't really explain that I wasn't supposed to go anywhere besides prison and um my mom had reached out to people in our church and somebody went through Teen Challenge and um that's how I I knew about it and I presented it to the judge and um he granted me like that, you know, by, by the grace of God, like it, that's all I can, um, you know, that can explain that it's, it's crazy. It wasn't anything that I did or that like God, nothing was random. God's sovereign and, and he was in control of all of this. And 
I don't think he was caught by surprise or he was fooled by anything I was doing. And I, I thought that, you know, I was in control at times in my life. But God really, I think, you know, he got a hold of the judge's heart and what, who allowed me to go to Teen Challenge. I love that because there's been, we've seen so many guys that that's the same story. They're supposed to go to prison. They don't. They go to Teen Challenge and then they drastically change yeah. their life. They get, they get their wife back, their kids back, and God totally blesses them and he changes their life. Yes. And I'm glad that you're one of those stories too, Alex. Thank you. I, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. Also, it's, I'm, I'm humbled to be able to even be where I'm at now. Like I shouldn't be here. And I think that's the story of every, every Christian, you know, like we don't deserve, you know, anything. We don't deserve God's grace, but he gives it to us anyways. It's crazy. But yeah, I mean, he used this program, um, even though, like I said, my intentions weren't sincere, like they weren't to pursue God. They were to kind of use the program and, you know, get back out to where I was going to do. But he got a hold of my heart while I was in there. And he used that program to kind of like just build this solid foundation in Jesus. And in this program, as you know, Dallas, there is extremely tedious rules and at times it revealed my inner heart. Like I found myself at times, you know, getting angry or just wanting to quit. It's like, who are these people to, you know, boss me around and tell me, you know, to do these little things. And I'm just like, it, it just revealed my heart and how um, God wanted to give me a new heart through this process. And, you know, by no means am I the perfect Christian. Like I messed up so many times I've fallen and, but I'm growing every day, you know, and God just, continues to give me this hunger uh, to get in his word, to pray more, and just to develop that relationship with him. So through that program, it was awesome. It was a great journey. And I ended up completing uh, that program in February of 2019. And as I got out, I noticed that there was this prosperity gospel out there. And what it does, it teaches Christians that if you follow God, you're going to have you know, a full bank account. You're going to have good health success and especially if you have faith in God you know he will deliver security in your life prosperity and he's going to restore every single relationship that you know you broke and I quickly found out that that just wasn't true God didn't fix all my problems um, mm -hmm. you know like I still have a criminal record he didn't just wipe that clean he didn't give me this full bank account or like a high paying job you know I struggle to get jobs and it's and it's discouraging at times uh, but God and I would say coming out of a life of sin like you and I both did and then hearing the prosperity gospel, it's attractive. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was paycheck to paycheck if I even had any money. I was with this criminal record. I was, I was, I was. And then it's like, oh, God's going to change everything. And like, oh, duh, of course I want that. And then keep going. You're exactly right. Yeah, I mean, you know, although my problems, like, they didn't go away, you know, like they were still there right in front of me. But I had to learn that it wasn't about me. And he started, as I, as I started to surrender everything that I wanted and the desires of my heart to him, um, he used those problems for his glory and his good and his plan and his purpose for my life. And I think as Christians, we put so much emphasis on our own free will. And that's the thing that, like I was saying earlier, God is not fooled or surprised by anything that we do. He's sovereign. He knows all things and i get so much comfort by this grace it's ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9 it says 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And it's just, that verse has given me so much peace, because I'm now, like, looking at that and looking back, like, I know God has a plan for my life. And, you know, it, it doesn't look exactly maybe how I think it would, you know, and it may not be easy. I know it's not going to be easy. But I'm I'm learning that, you know, God doesn't want to just give me the desires of my heart, but he wants to reorient, reorient the desires of my heart. He wants to change those. He, you know, the the cost of accepting the gospel, it just, it, for some people, like, it could be your life. You could lose your life over, you know, if you're like a missionary or, and you could also lose relationships. You know, there's, uh, if you didn't grow up in a Christian family, you know, they could, you know, just be like, I don't want anything to do with you. And I would just say, like, to encourage people who are feeling that way and who are new Christians and just feel like the world's weighing down on them, like, all of that stuff, it's it's just so worth it. Like, just focus on, you know, the things ahead and, and what God has for you, like, and that's eternal life. And it's Jesus. That's all that matters. It's it's not about us anymore. It's about him. And we have to realize that, that his plan is good. He has a good plan for our life. But what does good look like? What is our definition of good? Are we defining that or is God, you know, because God had a great plan for the apostle Peter's life and Peter was hung upside down on a cross. And that's, you know, it's hard to hear, but people don't want, want that. They want, you know, a happy life, lots of kids and just to be very comfortable. And God may call you to live that too, but he calls you to suffer for the gospel. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's so much joy just knowing, and it's, it's such an honor to be able to do that. So like, I'm honored right now just to be where I'm at. And I know that God's going to continue to um, work in my life and I hope he does. And, you know, I'm thankful for everything that he's done that he's going to continue to do. Wow. Thank you, Alex. Of course. One thing I want to mention is that you said the cost of following Christ. You didn't consider the cost. You didn't mm-hmm. count the cost. And so for those out there who don't know what that is, I know you just mentioned about it, but what can you just go into that just a little bit deeper for our listeners? Yeah, well, I can't quote the verse for you, but it talks about, you know, in the book of Matthew that he says, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. You know, he came to divide believers from unbelievers. He didn't call you to be a friend of the world. And I think we we think, we have this definition of love. Everybody thinks, you know, love looks like just, you know, being nice to everybody and you know, making sure no one has a problem with you. But Jesus says that I tell you the truth, you know, you know, because I love you. And I think that's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that not, not everything is going to go according to your plan, but just know that he's sovereign and find peace in the fact that you don't have to do anything, that there's nothing you can do to make life go better like he is in control and he has chosen you for a reason and it takes a humble person to understand that and to Mm -hmm. accept it too definitely yeah one last question i have for you if you could give what would be your biggest piece of advice for young men out there young women your age who are just kind of wondering what what does god want to do with my life what's why am i here what's the reason that i exist um, I'd say the you know um, the reason we all exist is to give glory to God. Um, 
one thing I like to say is like, God's not a player or like a player in our story. We're a player in his story. And that we just have to continue to keep the focus on Jesus and not on ourselves. And that's hard to do. And you'll learn how to do that, you know, through the process of sanctification and and through humbling. And sometimes God allows us to suffer so, so that we draw near to him. And I'd say this, you know, your purpose is to bring glory to Jesus. The true Christian wants that. He wants what God wants, not what we want. And I think just, you know, learning to be teachable um, and just continuing to surrender everything that we have and, you know, all our our, um, preconceived notions and just leave everything at the feet of Jesus. Like, that's all that matters. And it's hard to do that. And it says, you know, that we should love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Well, you know, that's impossible. You know, like we can't do that every second of the day, every, every single day. Like we're going to fall short every single time, but Jesus did that for us. So, and, and we hear the statement, I heard this um, on a documentary, like it's not what would Jesus do now go and do that. It's, it's what has Jesus done now believe that. And Jesus has, you know, like he already won on the cross. Like it's, it's been done. You know, now you just have to surrender and, and give everything to God. And, and Jesus is going to do everything through you. It's not anything you can do. It's his grace. Well, thank you, Alex. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. And I'm so honored to be and so excited that I was able to speak on here. Yeah. And if I can have you end out the podcast with a prayer, I would appreciate it. Yes, for sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we just we just thank you for every Christian story, for everybody's journey. And we know that you have a plan for our lives. We can trust that. And by reading scripture, you tell us that. God, we pray that everything we do, whether it be eating or drinking, that we would bring glory to your name. And we just ask that you just continue to um, teach us and allow us to grow in relationship and in your word. Give us a hunger, God, to draw near to you and to know more of you. So we just thank you again for everything uh, you're doing. God, I thank you for allowing me to share my story on here. And we know that there's nothing, nothing that fools you. You're sovereign and you know all things. So again, thank you for Dallas. Thank you for his ministry. And we just pray that you just continue to use us as vessels. In your son's holy name, amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.